0: Church. Thank you, Lord. If you
1: think like that, you're not going to like it in heaven.
0: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory.
1: I think every time the name of Jesus is mentioned yes. in heaven, yes. there's going to be an uproar and praise yes. God, and dance and break out, and dancing break out, and running break out, singing and shouting. Yes. And hallelujah. Yes. So you, might yes. o- you might as well get used to it yes. down here. Hallelujah thank god for the fourth man in the fire i thank yes. god that we'll never stand alone in the fire
0: yes. never
1: stand alone in the waters you don't have to worry about the the waters overtaking thank you because Lord. he's holding them back Hallelujah. Yes. he's not going to let us be overtaken thank, you, Lord. thank god thank, thank god you, Lord. thank god when you think about it you gotta you gotta get a little happy yes. <laughs> You gotta shout you a little Lord. bit.
0: Yes.
1: High 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 high. Glory. Glory to God. Glory, Glory to God. Thank you. Praise
0: the Lord. Well, Praise you,
1: Lord. The Lord. Well, you may be you seated. Lord. Judah, thank you. That was beautiful, wonderful. I'm so glad to be in the house of God this morning. Yes. Yes. Me and Pastor Ed was counting on our fingers this morning. It's been like three weeks since we've been to church. That's way too much for us. I'm gonna tell you yes. right now, amen. Ms. Karen, you're looking good. Yes. I know you're patched up and everything, but you're looking good. Yes, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. God is such a good God. Yes, yes he, he is. He loves amen. us so much. has done so much for us. Yes. My, my, my. Man, well, I. Oh, children, you're dismissed. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews the 10th chapter I got a special message for us today I'm so glad you came I'm so glad you're gonna get a chance to hear this this morning in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 23 I'm going to be reading through the uh with the passion Translation, the TPT. I believe Paul is a writer of Hebrews. Some people might not agree with me, but I'm happy with it, so leave me alone. It says in Hebrews 10:19 through 23, and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm boldly and without hesitation. This is talking about the most holy place on earth, the holy of holies. Verse 20 says, for he has dedicated a new life giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. The veil he's talking about was in the the temple and it was what separated the holy place from the most holy place. And in verse 21, it says, and since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, Mm
0: -hmm. and we
1: have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened to us at the new birth. And when we became a man or woman in Christ. And verse 23 says, So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, Christ, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Isn't that that good that God always keeps his promises? You can't think of one promise God ever broke.
0: That's right. In Hebrews 10 23 in the King James,
1: it says this Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Uh, profession means we're professing something, confessing something, we're saying something.
0: Right.
1: He says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Yes. Yes. So, profession of our faith is simply speaking what we believe. Yes if you believe by the stripes of Jesus you're healed and you speak that out you're professing your faith in healing yes you're professing your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ that Amen. he's our healer and he healed you
0: Amen.
1: and we have access into the very presence of God that's what this passage of Scripture is talking about but we must go in professing our faith in the blood of Jesus yes. Christ Yes. yes. <coughs> Me. It's, his, it's faith in his blood that gives us access to the throne room of God, access to the presence of God, where God actually dwells. And he said that we can have full confidence to enter into the most holy sanctuary. He calls it the holy <laughs> sanctuary in the TPT. Uh, and it's referring to the heavenly sanctuary where the presence of God dwells. Yes. The most holy sanctuary is actually the throne room of God, and guess who's sitting on the throne? Amen. Amen. But that's what's beyond the veil, and he said that we can enter in boldly by professing our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, in the most holy sanctuary on earth, in the tabernacle and in the temple that was built, the high priest of the Old Testament can go uh, in beyond the veil, only one time a year, and that was on the day of atonement. Another word for atonement is one uh, person at one man that brought us into oneness with God. Right. And uh, another definition for it is, is reparations, but it's not the type of reparations that you might think of. Right. Uh, it's a priest would go in and offer reparations for Israel's sins, and he'd go in with the blood of a bull or, or a goat. And he sprinkled sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat and God would either accept the sacrifice or he wouldn't. And if he accepted the sacrifice, that meant that reparations were paid for Israel's sin for another year. Hallelujah. But he would take the blood of that sacrifice and he would sprinkle it not only just in the most holy sanctuary, the most holy place, but he would actually sprinkle it on the mercy seat that covered the ark with the two angels overshadowing it. Yes. The most holiest place on earth, the most holiest thing on earth. And that's because that represented God's dwelling place. That's how God dwelt amongst his people on the earth here.
0: Yes.
1: But that high priest entered in with the blood of bulls and goats, which were imperfect sacrifices where we enter in by the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith in that blood, be perfect sacrifice. See, Jesus was sacrificed on Calvary. And this is amazing because, you know, a high priest had to be alive to offer the blood of that bull or goat. But our high priest, our uh, sacrifice was killed on a cross at Calvary so as our high priest how in the world is he going to present that blood in the holy sanctuary in heaven on our behalf if he's dead but on the third day he rose yes
0: amen. he was
1: resurrected on the third day yes and that's when he ascended into heaven the most holy place in heaven the most holy sanctuary the holy of holies and he entered in with his own blood yes and he walked up to that mercy seat and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy th- yes. the mercy seat on the throne of grace where God is sitting yes. and God accepted that sacrifice
0: amen, amen.
1: and it was yeah. one sacrifice Lord. for all mankind for all sin yes. forever and Glory ever
0: Lord. hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: So Hebrews 10, 19 in the Amplified Classic says this, we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. There's power and virtue yes. in the blood of Jesus. Yes. And it's in uh, that power and virtue in the blood that gives us confidence and boldness to enter in. Yes. God wants us in his presence. Yeah. He wants us to enter his presence boldly and with confidence. Amen. But the only way we can do that is if we're covered in the blood of Jesus.
0: Amen. We're a man
1: or a woman in Christ. Yes. And our our life, not just our sins, but our life is hidden in Christ. Yes. That's how we enter in. Yeah. Through the blood of Jesus.
0: Thank you.
1: But like I said, we don't go in with our mouths closed. Right. We go in amen. boldly professing our faith in the power and the virtue of the blood. Yes, amen. We go in professing it's the blood. Hallelujah! Amen. I plead the blood. Yes. Hallelujah! Yes. I sprinkle hallelujah. the blood on the mercy seat, yes. and that gives me access to God's presence. Yes, and God honors the blood. Hallelujah! He doesn't see you or I. He, does, right. he sees the blood. Yes, hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah!
1: That's what he responds to. Yes. So it's because of faith in the blood that I can come boldly to the mercy seat, the throne of grace, yes. and enter into his very presence. Yes. yes. It's yes. important that we enter his presence. Yes. Amen. Everything we need or will ever need yes. is in his presence. Yes, it is. And when we access the presence of God, yes. we access everything that heaven has to offer. Yes. Everything that's in heaven, everything we would ever need, past, present, and future, we have access to because of being in his presence. Amen. And there's a difference between us being in God's presence and God being in our presence.
0: Amen. Come
1: on. God is here this morning. Yes. He's, he's in this room this yes. morning. He's omniscient. Yes he's in us yes yep. he's he's here because he said he would be here if yes. just two or three yes. were gathered in that's his right. name yep. so that means if i was here i was the only one here God would be here because me and the holy ghost are here
0: that's right
1: he promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us that's right but God is not manifesting himself right now we uh, he's in our presence
0: amen and there's a difference Man.
1: he made a way for us to enter into his presence and when we seek God and we enter into his presence he begins to manifest himself yes,
0: he, does.
1: he begins to show himself he makes himself real to us mm-hmm. healing becomes real in his presence yes. uh, provision becomes real yes. in his presence
0: yes.
1: doubt and unbelief yes. flee in yes. his presence Amen. and I'm telling you when when we struggle with doubt and unbelief,
0: yes. Pastor and
1: I, and the same should be for you. You should seek God's presence, because yes. yep. oh, when you get in His presence, that doubt and unbelief freeze. Yes. Amen.
0: Yes, and amen. how do
1: we get in His presence? I plead the blood.
0: Yes,
1: I'm coming Hallelujah. into Your presence because of Your Son and the blood that He shed, the perfect sacrifice amen. that was shed for me. Yes, and God honors that. Yes. And he manifests himself. Thank he makes Lord. things real to us. Yes. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Now here's
1: the difference: when we seek God and we enter His presence, He begins to manifest Himself. Like I said, but mainly because we made the first move. Amen. It shows Him that we're hungry for Him. Yes. Yep and that we want to be in his presence. I mean, he's here, he's present here, he's present with you when you get in your car. If you're born again, he's present with you in the car, present with you in your house, present with you at Walmart, he's present with you all the time. And 99.9% of the time people don't even know it, recognize it or acknowledge his presence. Right. But you can't help but acknowledge it when you make the effort to go into his presence yes that's right. James said draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. you Yes. sometimes we think it works the other way around Yes. you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you no that's not how it works no,
0: sir.
1: and even in the Old Testament he says honor me and I will honor you
0: yes that's right.
1: but some of us get that backwards we're waiting for God to honor us before we honor Him. That's not how it works. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we enter boldly into His presence through Jesus Christ, the new and living way, in the power and virtue of the blood, then God manifests Himself, and we go into His presence to have our needs met. We don't call Him down here to have our needs met. We don't say, God, I have a need. Come on down here and meet it. Mm-hmm. No. We go to Him. Yes. We go into His presence yes. so that need will be met. So that whatever it is that we need, it will be manifested in His presence.
0: Yes. yes. Amen. 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 You know, I
1: love when my children come to our house. Uh, uh, I just have to admit it even more so when our grandchildren come to our house. Amen. And you can ask them when they come into our presence in our house, we give them full access to everything that we have. They have full access to the house, the refrigerator, the cupboards, the pantry, anything we have, they have full access and, and those things now they can sit at home and think about those things, but it doesn't help them. That's right. I could come to their house and and, and be in their presence, but, I don't have those things with me, but when they come to my house full access, hallelujah and we're glad to do it, we're happy to yes. give them access to yes, what we have
0: absolutely.
1: and our supply yes. is limited, God's the same way and he has unlimited Amen. supply, hallelujah,
0: yes hallelujah.
1: So the bible tells us that our enemies perish in his presence, yes. Mountains move in His presence. Yes. There's exceeding great joy in His presence. Yes. There's healing in His presence. Yes. Provision in His presence. Rest in His presence. Glory, strength, gladness, peace, victory, all in His presence. Glory to God. We go to Him. Yes. And we get ourselves in His presence. Yes, sir. And here's the big difference. When we enter His presence, all these things are manifested.
0: Yes. Hallelujah.
1: Just like when my grandkids come over, all those things are manifested. Yes. Because they're in our presence. They made the effort to come to our house. Yes. To get in our presence. Yes. And they become real. It's like with the gifts of the Spirit wisdom, knowledge, healing, miracles, and so on and so forth. Those yeah. gifts have already been given to the church over 2,000 years ago. Yeah. When Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. Yeah. Not just the nine gifts of the spirit, but the fivefold ministry and, and all the other things that wonderful things that he provided for the church. But, and they're here now. Yes, The nine gifts of the spirit are ours right now. Yes. But they're not manifesting themselves. Yes. And they don't help us unless they manifest right. themselves. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. know, we used to pray for the gifts of the Spirit. Pray for the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. We already got the gifts of the Spirit. Why would you pray for them? Pray for a manifestation yes. Yes. of the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. The gifts of healings is here in this place right now, yes. but unless it hits somebody and they yes. jump up and holler, "I just been touched by God, I'm healed!" Hallelujah. That's
0: it. We
1: don't know they're here That's
0: right. unless they manifest.
1: Unless we see a miracle, yes. and it manifests itself, we don't know it's here. No. We want manifestations and that's what you find in the presence of god when you get into the presence of god manifestations hallelujah yes and people think it's hard to get into the presence of god i used to think it myself but it's not he made it easy for us he wants us to have access to his presence and and what's great about it is any time of the day or night from anywhere You can enter into the presence of God and have your needs met. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Listen to Hebrews four fourteen. This in the King James. Apostle Paul says, "Seeing then that we have a great High Priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a High Priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity." But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus went through everything that any man woman or child has ever gone through or will ever go, go through and he did it without sin. Yes. That's why he can be touched by our infirmities. He knows what it feels like to be sick because sickness was put on him yes. at the cross. He knows what it feels like to have a disease. He knows What it feels like to have a broken heart. He knows all these things because he went through them. He knows what it is to be tempted and tested and tried. He knows all these things. And because he does, he's touched by the things that we go through. Mm
0: -hmm. He's
1: a high priest that understands everything about us because he's been through everything that we've been through. But remains sinless. Something we can't do. Something we haven't done, never will do. He makes us sinless through his forgiveness. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says, let us therefore, because of that, because he can be touched by infirmities, he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of need. Why did Paul call it the throne of grace? Because God's throne is the throne from which all grace abounds. It's the throne from which all grace proceeds. God's grace proceeds from that throne. And how are we saved? By grace. Where did it come from? The throne of grace. Remember the, the, the mercy seat in the Most Holy Sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, the most holiest place? Well, in Israel, that throne of grace was represented by the actual mercy seat that covered the ark between the two cherubim. That was actually the throne of grace to the people of Israel. So when that high priest of the Old Testament approached the mercy seat, he was actually approaching the throne of grace why because that's what israel needed god's grace Mm -hmm. that high priest could only approach like i said once a year and he approached it with fear and trembling i pray this isn't too much for you this morning well don't miss this now but because of the work of our great high priest our magnificent high priest as the tpt says jesus christ you and i can approach the mercy seat god's throne of grace and we can approach it boldly without fear and trembling because he said approach it confidently with a true heart and full assurance that you won't get rejected
0: Amen.
1: your sacrifice will be accepted yes Because you're coming in by the virtue and the power of the blood. He can't refuse that sacrifice. And that's why Paul said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, unto the mercy seat, to obtain what? Mercy. And find what? Grace. To help in time of need. Now you may have to chew on that for a little while, but don't spit it out. Don't spit it out. It's it's so rich. But I want the presence of God in my life. I not only want to be in God's presence, I want His presence to go with me everywhere I go. I don't want to do anything or go anywhere without God's presence. That's right. In Exodus chapters 31 through 33 around about there. You don't have to turn there, but Moses entered into the presence of God. If you remember on Mount Sinai, and fire and smoke came down. God sanctified the mountain. He said, don't let no man or beast touch any part of this mountain. But Moses, you come up here. Yes. And Moses went up into the mountain. And while he was up there in the presence of God receiving the Ten Commandments for Israel, Uh, Aaron, the the high priest under Moses, uh, Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest over Israel was helping them commit idolatry. He helped them to engrave a golden calf and they're down there partying and having an orgy and eating and drinking and worshiping and bowing down to this golden calf. After all God brought them through, took them out of Egypt, all the miracles in Egypt, got them out of Egypt. There was not a feeble one amongst them. He healed them all. He prospered them all. They all yeah. came out of yeah. Egypt, healed and prospering, healed and rich. Yes. And then all of the, yeah. the miracles in the wilderness, at least up to that point. And in a moment of time, I like to say it this way, when the cat's away, in a moment of time, while Moses left their presence, went up and to get into the presence of God, mm-hmm. they did all of that and yes. sinned against God. Yes. It made God so mad that He destroyed a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It made Moses so mad that He broke the Ten Commandments that God had carved out with His finger, mm-hmm. and then He pulverized that. He he he. Pulverized that golden calf, turned it into powder, put it on the water, and made them drink of the water. And a plague went through there and killed many of them. But God wanted to kill them all.
0: Yes.
1: And Moses interceded for him. Yes. And so God didn't kill them all. Afterward, God tells Moses in Exodus thirty-three and three. I'm going to paraphrase it, but He's saying, "Go on up to the land that I promised you." Going up to the land that I described as flowing with milk and honey. But I ain't going with you. That's what he told Moses. He says, you're a stubborn and rebellious people. And if I go with you, I know I'll destroy the rest of you along the way. God was miffed at Israel. But let me tell you what Moses said. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Moses said, oh, yeah, well, if you ain't going with us, then just leave us here, because I ain't going either. That's what Moses said. And then he said something interesting. He said, how will anyone know that we have your favor if you don't go with us? So having God's favor and being in his presence, it must show somehow. Yes. And then Moses said something really profound. He said, for your presence among us sets us apart, sets your people apart and me apart from all the other people on the earth.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: God's presence is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. And and it, it becomes obvious because we have his favor and his favor shows in our lives. Yes. Moses would rather die than to live without God's presence in his life. I don't know about you, but that's how Pastor and I feel about pastoring this church, about our life, about anything that we do, any adventure we uh, endeavor to go out on. We want God's presence with us. And we're like, God, if you don't go with us, if we can't have your presence, then just leave us right here we ain't going, go on without us because we're not going without your presence and here's the thing you have to pursue his presence that's why he made a way for us to have access to his friends to enter his presence and that's what the big difference is between him being here and us being there is the fact that I mean because if there wasn't a difference he would have never gave us access. You know, there's no need to give you access to my presence because I'm always with you. No, there is a big difference. Yes,
0: there
1: is. And we have to pursue that presence. Yes. And it's not hard to get into that presence. This is not some mystical, spiritual journey of some type. You just say, by the blood of Jesus, I enter into your presence. I come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and receive grace. In the, in the time of need yes. and grace and help in, in my time of need. Yes. And you're there. Yes. It may take you a while to get used to that idea, but you're there. Yep. Just like when we're born again, the Bible said that, we, we read it in, in Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. The Bible says that our hearts were sprinkled with blood. Well, I mean, physically speaking, that sounds impossible. Who did that? How did that happen? But spiritually speaking, it happened. God sprinkled our hearts with the blood of Jesus yes. and purified yes. us and cleansed yes. us yes. and made us worthy. Yes. Yes. And saved us. Yes. But how do I know that? By faith, God said he did
0: Yes.
1: That's why we have to profess our faith.
0: Yes, we do.
1: But you can get in. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Aaron and Israel worshiped. A golden calf, an idol. I mean even after all the goodness of God and the things that he did for him, showed him. And that golden calf represents anything that you put in front of God. Uh-oh. That's an idol. That's a golden calf. Because I know you'd be thinking right now, I would never engrave a, a golden calf and worship it. Maybe not. Maybe not physically, you may not physically bow before a golden calf, Come on. but all of us Come have off. something that we at one time or another, if not every day all the time, we have something that we put in front of God. That's your golden calf, that's yes. your idol.
0: Yes.
1: And I'm telling you, we've been removing all the golden calves out yes, of our lives. Yes. See, we waste our lives seeking after God things Mm. When we should be seeking his presence And I know it's true in my life and and, you know, that's one of the things pastor and I learned in this trial We've been going through for the past several months Uh, Instead of seeking healing I hate to even use this Saying but instead of he seeking healing the thing we learn that we must seek the healer. Yes. Instead of seeking provision, we need to seek the provider. Yes. Instead of seeking protection, we need to seek the protector. Yes. Instead of seeking uh, peace, we should be seeking the Prince of Peace. Yes. Why? Because when we get in his presence, it manifests itself. Yes. Getting back to things. We spend our life in the pursuit of things. Yes, we do. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told us specifically not to pursue things. He said not to worry about them or even think about them because that's what unbelievers do. And we're not like unbelievers, we're believers. So rather than stressing over all these things and striving for all these things, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And the Amplified says, and his way of doing and being right. And all these things that the unbelievers are striving for, stressing out for, worrying about, working two and three jobs to get all these things. God says, I'll add them all to you. I'll provide them for you. Yes. You don't have to worry about them. Just seek me first. Put me first. Get rid of all the idols in your life.
0: Yes. Do
1: you know how many people go to an early grave because of stress? Yes. Uh, not only the that, uh, stress that's involved in the pursuit of things, but stress trying to keep the things after you get them. Stress trying to protect the things after you get them. Stress after worrying about the things after you get them. And God wants us to have things. But he wants to be the provider. He don't want you killing yourself over things. You know, uh, years ago when I bought a a brand new Mustang. 300 horsepower Mustang. 5.0. Black. Tan interior. Beautiful car. I had about, I, I just picked it up a couple days before and I had it, I don't know, maybe 200 miles on it. It wasn't even broken yet and Chris comes down from Ohio where he was living with a friend and, and uh, he wanted to show his friend the sights of Louisville. He wanted to take them downtown and by the river and uh, 4th Street and all of this other stuff and but he wanted to do it in style. So I said, here, take the Mustang. Chris caught the keys and they headed out the door. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but his friend gets in the car, he says, this is a brand new car. Chris says, yeah, why? He said, your dad let you use this Mustang? He says, use his brand new car? He said, it ain't even broke in yet. Chris says, yeah, what's the big deal? He said, it's just a big chunk of metal to my dad. And his friend was so impressed with that, he couldn't believe it. But, I mean, that's the way we have to be. We have to get to the place where, you know, uh, we understand where these things come from, and they don't have the type of value to us that an unbeliever, that it would to an unbeliever. That it would to an unbeliever. Why? Not that we shouldn't take care of our stuff. We should. If God gives you something to take care of it.
0: Yes, amen. Maintain it,
1: change yeah. the oil, make sure you get tires rotated, all the things that you're supposed to, take care of it. Yes, but don't stress over it and worry about it. You know what? Chris stayed out late that night. I went to bed and slept like a baby. I didn't sit up worrying about stressing about my Mustang. Where's he at with it? Is he speeding? Did he spin the tires? Uh, Did he park too close to somebody? Is somebody going to nick the door? No, I went to bed and slept like a baby. Why? Because I don't stress over them things. My relationship with him and people is way more important than things. Amen? right. So God wants you to have things. He don't want things to have you. Besides, our Heavenly Father knows That we have need of things before we ask and we want to ask. He wants us to ask. He wants us to acknowledge the fact that he's the one who meets our needs and where do we ask at? In his presence. We go boldly before the throne of grace in a time of need. Luke recorded this same account in chapter 12 of his gospel Uh, the account about putting God first, except he preluded it with a parable Jesus told about a wealthy land owner who had a farm that produced bumper crops every year.
0: Yes.
1: How do I know? Because his barns were filled to
0: overflowing.
1: Yes. And the rich man began to stress about what he should do now that all his barns are full and he had nowhere else to to store his bountiful crops, what should I do? So he thought within himself, saying, "What shall I do? Because I have no more room to store all my stuff. What should I do?" He says, "I know what I'll do. <laughs> well, first of all, let me tell you what I would have did. I'd give it all away." just based on the law of sowing and reaping i probably wouldn't have to worry about a crop for the next 20 years after that i would give it to the poor i would feed the hungry yes i would take care of the needy with it yes but that selfish rascal he comes up with a different solution he said this will i do i will build i will pull down my barns and build bigger barns in their place I'll rent bigger storage sheds. Didn't I say that out loud? I was just thinking that that's And there will I store all my fruits, all my goods, all my stuff. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, I'll just sit back, Uh surround myself with comfort and ease, and enjoy my life with no worries at all. But God said unto him, you fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. In other words, you're going to die tonight. Mm -hmm. Then who will get all the wealth that you have stored up for yourself? Who's gonna get the key to them storage sheds? Woo-hoo. This is a this is talking about a person that lays up earthly treasures for himself, but is not rich towards God.
0: Come
1: on. It's somebody that put himself before God. He made himself a golden calf. He oh. made himself an idol. And it was right after this right after Jesus told this parable that Luke recorded the same thing Matthew did in chapter 6 of his gospel account that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his yes. way of doing things Yes. so you know why am I saying all this because we're living in the end times yes. Yes. and we're at a place right now yes. where we need to learn how to trust God uh and his provision for everything that we need we're at a place now where we better put god first in Hallelujah. our lives
0: Hallelujah. and we
1: must learn how to access the yes. presence of god to have our needs met because this government will never meet your needs right. Amen. god never intended for us to be dependent on a government that's right this country was started with a government that was dependent on God yes. that recognized God as their That's source. Right. yes, It's changed just a little bit since then. Mm-hmm. But there's things coming up in the very near future. You're going to see it increase more and more as we get towards the end of this year yes. and especially in 2023. There's gonna be things happening in the natural that no man is gonna have the answer for. There's things coming that we're we're simply gonna have to trust and rely on God because man can't help us, government can't help us. I'm just gonna give you one example of that today and then then we're gonna pray. Pastor Ed and I have an app called Give Him 15 the prophet by the name of Dutch Dutch Sheets and it's an app where he talks about different issues and then leads everyone in prayer and and they pray concerning these issues and he recently covered the subject of supply chain shortages Mm -hmm. and especially the shortage of food that's coming and has already started Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he said that food is being weaponized made into a weapon and it's going to be used against us
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and yes a lot of things can be weaponized but when they weaponize something like food or anything else uh, it's for the purpose of putting fear into the people and that's the real weapon that they use against us and most of what I'm about to say for, for the next few minutes either came from or was inspired by this article or this 15-minute show that he he uh, broadcasted about this shortage of food and the rest is based on a little research I did because when I started seeing things I started googling some of the things he was talking about and seeing the the actual events and the statistics that he was presenting uh, I, uh, and I gained a little <coughs> limited amount of knowledge for myself and I'm share that too but As you know, Pastor and I have been staying out of news and politics, and for a very good reason. Because when you want to enter the presence of God and spend some time there, don't bring politics and news with you. Amen? Amen. I mean, we pray about political things. We pray about things that are going on in the earth. But I'm trying to get something else manifested, so I stay away from that stuff. warps the mind, it gets you into doubt and unbelief and sometimes even into fear if you live it. Uh, But this wasn't really political and this wasn't really on the news. This is something that was brought up to be prayed about. It was a prophetic warning. And and, and it's nothing new for food to be used as a weapon. We see in the Bible where uh, kings and generals laid siege to cities and cut off the supply Uh, of food and everything else going in and out of the city until finally the city is at the brink of starvation and so they surrender not only the city but the sovereignty of their government let him that hath ears hear what the spirit is saying today dictators and despots have used this approach to punish and gain control over their own citizens. You can see it in different countries like Venezuela and I probably shouldn't mention anymore. No, no. I'll get taken off but shortages create fear and fear is the weapon that they will use against their people because they can control people with fear. Again, I'm trying to be careful here. I don't want to be taking off the social media sites, but with him or her that hath an ear, yes. here. The food supply chain is probably the most powerful weapon that can be used to control a population of people. The global elites, if you will are buying up vast amounts of farmland. And I can give you names of who's buying it, but they're not planting it. It's just sitting there. And their intention is to create shortages and impart fear into people because people can be controlled then. Right. And fear causes people to depend on sources other than God. God, I believe in you being a provider, but the government cheese is down here. And fear causes people to do irrational things that they wouldn't normally do. Think back at all the crazy things that people did because of the fear that COVID caused. You remember people fighting over toilet paper? In the middle of Walmart, wrestling themselves to the ground over a roll of toilet paper or a roll of bounce. And you know, the crisis of supply shortages really began with COVID. Things began to shut down, cargo ships sat out in the the harbors waiting to get unloaded. They're still sitting there for all I know. But supply chain problems popped up all around the world. And it leads to an outbreak of fear-based irrational behavior. That's what we're seeing. And the supply chain issues and shortages have gotten worse since the war in Ukraine. I could talk about the Ukraine all day. But they're intensifying more and more every day. Russia invaded Ukraine for a reason. That big powerful country called Russia should have overran Ukraine in a day, but they didn't for a reason. But as a result, we have hyperinflation and it's over 30%, over 30% average inflation. Don't believe the 8 or 9% that the lying, fake, corrupt news media is trying to shove down our throats, it's not true. Just look at your own budget, it doesn't take an accountant or a rocket scientist to figure out how much more you're paying for things today than you did two years ago. That's
0: right.
1: And back in mid-May, and I'm not really saying anything that should get me in trouble, but you never know, but uh, because all these things are public knowledge. You can find out these things for yourself, so But back in mid-May, there was an economist by by the name of James Rickards and Dutch Sheets referred to the article that he wrote where he laid out the reasons why we would see more food supply issues in the near future. And one of the things he wrote about, and again, this is common sense stuff, was the planting season just in the northern hemisphere where we live. I mean, you know, seed time and harvest has been around since the beginning of time. You sow and you reap. And you reap what you sow. Sometimes less than you sow, but never uh, more than you sow. That's the law. That's the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. So based on that and the crops that were planted in March and April, You can estimate the size of the harvest. I mean if they, if a farmer plants a hundred acres of grain or corn or whatever, that's what he's gonna get in return, save everything goes right. No bugs, no plagues, no droughts or anything like that. He's gonna get what he sowed. He's gonna get a hundred acres of grain or produce or whatever it is he planted. but it tells us what's going to be produced in the season of harvest, September through October and again you reap what you sow. So it's easy for these economists and these forecasters and whatever to look at what was planted and determine what the harvest is going to be minus whatever 10% or whatever they consider go wrong from not having enough rain or whatever, but farmers were forced to plant, not by choice of their own. If a farmer has a hundred acre farm, he wants to plant the whole hundred acres because that's his living. That's what he's gonna make money off of and eat off of and live off of. But they were forced to small to plant smaller crops in 2022 because of the higher cost and lack of availability of fertilizers yes. Yes. and because of the high cost of fuel. I don't know if you realize it but them big farm implements you know those harvesters and stuff those tractors they burn a lot of diesel fuel. Yes. So all that stuff is in short supply so the farmer says I can only plant 50 of my 100 acres affordably. So this predictable shortages in addition to the greater shortages due to the fact that Russia's output and the Ukraine's output is going to be nil to zero. Uh, Russia is sanctioned and Ukraine is at war so they're not planting. What's the big deal about them? They they provide up to 70 to 100 percent of the grain crop for most of Europe. And so uh, if you look to October through December of this year, it shows us that countries who rely the most on the importing of that grain will not be able to get the amount that they need for their populations. We're always seeing this in shortages of fuel, shortages of wood for fireplaces. They say it's going to be a cold winter in Europe. But according to what Ricker said in his article, the combined population of the countries that rely on the Russia, Russia and the Ukraine for grain imports is, uh, like I said, 70 to 100%, which is about 10% of the population that they're providing for. But it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about it a minute, it's seven, it's 700 million people that are not going to be fed. And I'm not prophesying to you, this is a known fact based on what was planted and based on the output in this harvest season coming up. And he said you're looking at a humanitarian crisis of unprecedented proportions, probably the worst since the Black Death of the 14th century. And farmers are, pay, are paying three to four times more than last year's prices for fertilizer and that's only if they can get it and paying the same three or four times the amount for fuel. And that's not, that's not even considering the trucking industry's higher costs for fuel and transportation and tires and maintenance and oil. I, I only got two quarts of oil for my lawnmower. It's a synthetic blend. And it was 14 bucks for two quarts of oil. And then pastor, gonna need new tires before the winter season comes and the same tires I paid $180 for, or whatever, well, the same tires I paid $800 for uh, a couple years ago are now $1,200. So not even to mention the trucking industry which they rely on to get their crops and their produce to market and the increased cost there, it's getting to the place where a farmer won't even be able to plant because he won't be able to make a profit. Now he's not going to starve to death. He's not going to feel the effects of the shortages, because he'll plant his own food, but guess who is? Uh, You know, the grain and produce supply is only one concern, and we don't have time to talk about the mysterious outbreak of diseases among animals that are being raised for food. Millions of pigs, cattle, fish, chickens, turkeys, they either mysteriously died of some kind of a plague or disease, or they've been euthanized on purpose. Not to mention all the mysterious outbreaks of fires in major food processing facilities across the country, and most of the world for that matter, All with all these sudden closures. All these incidents point to a global agricultural crisis or collapse higher prices is higher prices and shortages than we've ever seen before now I didn't tell you all of that to scare you or make you go to the grocery store and empty shelves or anything like that uh but you might want to get a few cans of soup on the shelf or something like that but don't don't rely on that don't make it an idol keep looking to God as your supplier Man. Now my wife and I are not alarmists or fear-mongers, never have been, never will be, Amen. but we are pastors and we feel that this is something that we should pass on to our sheep and we shouldn't be taken by surprise when it happens. Wisdom. Yes, wisdom. Amen. There is going to be a food shortage problem next year. Just want to make, say that plainly and the government is going to want everyone to look to them to be their savior but I'll starve to death before I put one piece of government cheese in this mouth. and the government has never been and never will be my source and shouldn't be your source either They're not the answer to all the problems that we're going to be facing in this next year or two. And let's say utopia in November, everything turns around and the conservatives take over the house and the Senate and maybe even the white house. I said utopia. And the first day in office, whoever that might be, reverses everything that was done in the past two years. They open up the pipelines, mm-hmm. they removed the restrictions of the EPA, they sh- shred the new green deal and throw it in the garbage and <laughs> all of this stuff. Day one, and that would be in January mm-hmm. because even though they're elected in November, they don't take over till January. Right. That just starts the wheel rolling. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. There's still not going to be a harvest until They have time to plant in the spring and then they have to wait until the fall for the harvest and then they have to get it distributed to an already broken and almost irreparable supply chain and they have to get things rolling again and it's going to take a long maybe a couple three years before that supply chain catches up and returns to normal. So I mean, who do we rely on? That's why this message is so important for us today. You have got to learn how to rely on God, yes. and you have got to learn how to put Him first. Yes, Amen.
0: Hallelujah.
1: You know uh, Jerry Seinfeld one time said he he they had a project he wanted to do, and he come up with this big elaborate plan and asked God to bless it. God said, why don't you just ask me for the plan? It would have already been blessed. Amen. But that's how all of us do.
0: Come on, that's right. You know? Yes. God, here's my plan. Bless it. Mm-hmm.
1: No. Go to God. Get, his- get in his presence. That's find right. out what he wants you to do. Yes. And if he tells you to do something, it's already blessed from start to finish.
0: Yes, amen.
1: It's going to be successful from start to finish. Yes. Because he gave it to you. Yes. See we can't rely on the government for anything. If you didn't learn that in the last two years you haven't learned nothing. You can't rely on the government for anything. They're not our source. Right. Amen. God may use them as a resource but they're not our source. Amen. Right. Amen. God is our source. Yes. And you know when when push comes to shove, God will lead us to a Brook Cherith where we can drink water And he'll send ravens twice a day to feed us, two squares a day.
0: Amen. And
1: if that dries up, he'll send us to a widow in Zarephath.
0: Yeah. And he'll
1: give her a a meal barrel and an oil cruise that will never stop
0: giving a meal and
1: oil until the famine is over.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: So what do we do? We keep trusting God. Yes. Amen. God always has been and always will be the answer to all of our problems. Amen. And and that's why I pray that you realize what we've learned today and how important it is to live in his presence. Yes. And how important it is to know where to go when you have a need.
0: Amen.
1: Not the government cheese line. (laughs) Go to his throne of grace. Amen. Amen. To obtain help. To obtain mercy and help and grace in the time of need.
0: Amen.
1: Hallelujah. We got to trust God's word and believe that God is more than able to provide our needs. And He'll do it supernaturally if He has to.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything we need or ever will need is going to be in His presence. Yes,
0: it is.
1: But we're going to need His wisdom, His revelation, His guidance, His direction. We're going to need his presence. Yes. And like Moses said, if you ain't gone, I ain't gone. Mm -hmm. Just leave me right here. And I mean, you know, we could could do some things to help. Like I said, you can stock your shelves, fill your basement up, and have a storage shed full of Campbell's soup and everything else. But that's just going to get you to your next crisis of shortage. Because when that's gone, what do you do then? just start out then you'll probably go to God because you don't have a choice but go to God while you have a choice amen it, 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 it will make so much difference
0: yes it is. so
1: much difference you know I know things that my grandkids need but and some of those things I'll freely give without being asked or hinted to or anything else but there's some things that they'll never get from me unless they come into my presence and ask for them. And that's the way it should be. Amen? amen. It humbles them. And it shows them that they don't have. Everything they need. And they don't have a way to get it. I'm not God. Don't, I'm not trying to compare myself to God. But that's the illustration I'm trying to use. Is that's the way we should be when we go to God.
0: yes, Amen.
1: In humility. Knowing that we don't have a way. To meet certain needs and we don't have a way to do certain things but he does yes amen amen let's pray father we thank you and we praise you for this word to come forth today (coughs) i might have to sit down matthew bring me a stool up there for a second would you buddy I'm all right. There's nothing wrong. I'm not going to faint or anything. My legs just a little wobbly. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You. Father, we come to you in the mighty name, the magnificent name of our great high priest, Jesus Christ. Yes, thank you, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy yes. and grace. And we thank you, Lord, for your, everything that you've done for us, past, present, and what you're about to do in the future. Lord, we look to you as our source. Yes. We may have resources here on the earth, Lord, but you are the, re- you are the source of all resources. And so if our resource runs dry, if our brook chair that we've been drinking from runs dry and the ravens stop bringing us two meals a day, then we are going to go to you, the source of all resources and find out what our next move is. And you'll send us to a widow in Zarephath or uh, you'll send us anywhere else but we know the supply is going to come from you and we're not going to be concerned with what the resource is. The government is not our source, our job is not our source, our rich uncle is not our source but you are our source and you will always be our source and Lord when we have a need we will come boldly before your throne of grace. And present that need to you because it's in your presence that that need will be manifested and met. You, Whether it's healing or provision or peace or protection or anything else, we'll come to you for it. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, if we need an idea or a plan, we're not going to come up with it ourselves and then ask you to bless it. We're going to come to you for the idea, we're going to come to you for the plan and then, and we know that it will already be blessed when you give it to us Thank you. and lord we know it's going to take wisdom and revelation and knowledge in these last days to make it through so we pray for your wisdom your revelation your knowledge we pray for that spirit of wisdom that paul prayed for the church at ephesus spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling what the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints is and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us for who believe according to the working of that mighty power that you wrought in christ when you raised him from the dead And set him at your own right hand in the heavenlies, far above all principality and power, dominion and might, and every name that is named, not only in the earth, but but beneath the earth, and in the future, and in the past, and every other name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And we know that you put all things under his feet, which is the church, and made him to be the head over all things to the church so we look to our head this morning lord for all of these things yes. for the wisdom the revelation the knowledge every need to be met we look to the head of the church
0: Thank
1: you, lord. and lord along the way we will not forget our commission our commission is to preach the gospel to every creature yes. every creature and lord you said that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It has nothing to do with water baptism. It, it has to do with, it, it has everything to do with believing. If they believe they'll be saved. If they don't believe they'll be damned. Mm-hmm. But you said these signs shall follow them that believe mm-hmm. in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and if they drink or ingest any any deadly thing it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yes. This is our mission, Lord. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So, God, don't let us lose sight of that, that commission. Don't let us lose sight of our assignment yes. and what we're to do for the kingdom of God. Yes. So, Lord, I ask you to strengthen each and every one within the sound of my voice. Give them that wisdom and understanding of revelation and God. Help us to stay true to your word. Help us to continue professing our faith in the things that you taught us in the word and the things that we're to believe for. That we're to profess our faith in you. Profess our faith in the blood. Profess our faith in healing. Profess profess our faith in the redemptive work that Christ accomplished at the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection. Help us with these things, Lord thank you and we praise you for it. We give you glory and honor. God we ask you to bless these your people. Bless them coming in, bless them going out, bless them in the house, bless them in the field, bless them in their checking, bless them in their savings Lord. Let your favor shine upon your people Lord. This is an indication that we're dwelling in the presence of God and you're with us Lord. That you didn't forsake us or leave. People will see That we're in the presence of God when Moses come down from that mountain the Bible says he glowed his face glowed and it was so scary to the Israelites that he had to cover his face to keep from scaring them to death God people can tell when we've been in your presence hallelujah people can tell when we've been in your presence in prayer in the spirit in the word in the things of God and the kingdom of God, people just know, Lord, But we're going to keep you first. And rather than worry about the supply chain, Lord, our supply chain will never be broken. Amen. We, our supply chain comes from heaven, yes. and it will never be broken. It will never have a ripple in it. it will never, it will never lack in any way, shape, or form. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we thank you, Lord, for provision, safety. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for love. Thank you for all the wonderful things that you do for us. And We'll be sure to keep you first, no matter what happens. When fear tries to strike us, Lord, we're coming into your presence. When doubt and unbelief try to strike us, we're coming into your presence. When sickness and disease tries to strike us, we're coming into your presence. All those needs will be manifested and met, become real to us in your presence. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 And amen. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. God is good. All the time. He's got our best interests at heart.